0: All right, so the Colorado Avalanche drop one in overtime to the Winnipeg Jets. You kind of have to be a little bit happy that they at least got a point in this game because it did not start out pretty whatsoever, but they turned it around, tied the game, going to overtime, very short overtime. 30 seconds in, Winnipeg wins this thing, but the Avs get a point. And if that's not bad enough, we're going to be minus a captain for about 12 weeks. Another Locked On Avalanche podcast coming at you.
1: Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado
0: Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we'll have to go through Halloween, Thanksgiving, Black Friday, all of Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, and then right around then, a little bit after that, we might get Gabe landis back. Uh, For my birthday. Not (laughs) not what you wanted to hear, yeah. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Lockdown Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, (laughs) every day. You can follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, on Twitter, Lockdown Avalanche, on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com, and you can follow us over on YouTube, Subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Uh, All right, Shaggy, we'll get to the game against the Winnipeg Jets that the Avs dropped in overtime, 4-3. to We'll get to that in a few minutes, uh, but when your captain uh, goes under the knife and is going to be out for three months, you got to lead with that. Uh, And that will lead into the game, and we can already see how bad they need him back. Because uh, there's a lot of go- a lot going on with those depth lines for the Avalanche, but we'll start with Gabe Landeskog. We knew that he wasn't going to start the season on time, and clearly that's happening. But we never got any info on what the specific injury was and the specific timetable and when he could potentially return. We just got kind of like the generic, like he he's going to be out, and then we got the concern comment. And then this, he, he had arthroscopic knee surgery. He will be sidelined 12 weeks. So we're looking at like the second week of January. If all goes well and he has no setbacks, obviously for his return,
1: we'll start there. Thoughts on that. What is going on with Gabe Landeskog? We saw him skate. We've seen him walk. He was in the, um, altitude Colorado avalanche commercial doing VR, um, in the hospital with the patients doing the the parade. I think he's tweaked something in practice or in training camp and what it, what it, what it feels like, you know, that period of time that he missed last season before, you know, the garbage time at the end of the end of the year, he rejoined the team. I feel like what he went in for, they went in for one thing and it turned out it needs to be this other thing. And the more he got in and conditioned, the more he's like, hey, I don't think this is it. I think it might be this. And I feel like Bednar gave him the thumbs up. Hey, you do what you have to do now because we're going to need you come trade deadline and later in the season but go get what you need to get done now and we'll figure it out until then. Mm-hmm. But I think he said that before the Winnipeg game. Yeah, I think that was more recent. I, I think they they
0: tried to um, wait it out and just see if it would heal with regular remedies and things like that. And then um, I think they went to see a doctor and they they were just like, you you probably need to do this. This is probably not the route that they wanted to go. Because if, if they did, they would have done this. Yep. Weeks ago. Um, They would have done it right after the season was over. So I think they were trying to wait it out. Maybe if it it healed the way they wanted it to heal. And that clearly was not happening. So the fact that they did and they said, you know, the, the surgery was done yesterday uh, or if you're listening to this on Thursday, it was done Tuesday. So I, I don't, I don't think it was like he tweaked anything. I think it was just, they tried the, the simple route of just regular healing, whatever that might be for whatever the specific knee injury was. Uh, And then they just had to turn to this is, this is going to (laughs) suck. You're going to be out three months, but uh, it's better than the alternative because, you know, if you're going in for surgery, you're, you're fixing something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) if, if they, they were trying to put off surgery and just have him heal, you haven't really fixed it, especially with knees. So it, it, it could have been something that, okay, fine. Like you, you, you stay out for a little while and it heals up, but if you do that, you're running the risk of it flaring back up because you haven't corrected the problem. You've just yeah. waited it out for
1: you to feel better. And it makes you really look back at the Stanley cup and everything that he did. And you're like, how was he also playing in like nuke level type pain through that Stanley cup? You, you
0: gotta wonder about stuff like that. Like, like when did this really happen? And and, and it didn't seem like he did a lot of skating in in the off season. Um. Yeah, we joke around that he was carrying the cup around, but I I think he was okay to do stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't so bad. But you know, there's a difference between casually uh, just skating around on the ice and and going full bore in an NHL hockey game. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's night and day. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, honestly, the, the two things that concerned me were when they used the term concerned and when he was at the practice on the bench in a sweatshirt and not just, you know, doing Darren Helm things of just skating around. I was like, I, I don't want to say anything like on the air just, you know, cause I don't want to jinx it. Not that I have any pull whatsoever in my, my jinxing of things, <laughs> but, um, I just was kind of just reading the clouds and saying like, this doesn't look good. And then when you know it, he goes under the knife. So I do, I just think it was one of those things they had to make a decision. It's like, we either wait this out and, and it could flare up again, or we go in, we fix it and we'll see in January. And that's the route they went.
1: So, and you know, it's, it's a good thing. They went ahead and did this now and they have confidence enough in where the avalanche are going that he could, take this procedure, take care of himself and we get him for where it counts. And that he doesn't try and, you know, hockey guy it up and get in there and just kind of, just kind of get through and then really mess it up. And we're looking at a year when no land and him (laughs) never being a hundred percent. And,
0: and here's like hockey season's a a long season. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's you're playing for a a good chunk of the year. You need a jolt every once in a while from a team you know what I mean? And, and getting your captain back in, in, you know, when you're three months into the season, don't tell me when it, that first game that he comes back, whenever it may be, um, that ballerine is not going to be crazy. Yep. And that, that might be a lift that the avalanche need at the right time of the year. Now, if, uh, it does go all according to plan and Hey, if you want to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram, we got a countdown going already. So, uh, 12 weeks is 84 days. So we're starting at day 84 and we're going to count down those days. So he, he's going to be back again, if all things go well, second week of January. And I'm looking at the games in that calendar. So January tw- uh, 10th is at home against the Panthers. That would be a nice game to have him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're playing January 12th. So yeah, January 10th is the Panthers, January 12th is in chicago and then january 14th is at home against the senators so those are your three you only have three games that week home panthers away blackhawks home senators so that's kind of like what we're targeting right now
1: um for his return what well, you're, you're looking <clears throat> plexed there what's going on yeah isn't that detroit game that's at like one o'clock in the afternoon the following week um uh, let me see that's uh
0: at one o'clock that is monday the 16th yes
1: wouldn't that be the most That'd like be cool. that would be so cool an afternoon game Against your bitter lifelong rival, and yeah. here comes the captain, like ultimate warrior, running down the hall. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Just that would be neat. Uh, but it, we'll have to see how the the season. I mean, the ABS aren't going to going to revolve it around uh, a good storyline and a rival. But for us, that would be kind of cool to have yeah. the captain back against that, and on a one o'clock matinee game, that would be neat. So, <laughs> um, and, and if you watch that, you know ABS Winnipeg game. I I know we're early, but you know at some point we have to remove that label from the season. Um, and and are, are there are there concerns with the depth? Yeah, and the abs switched some players around um, and switched you know the lines up, and it was a struggle for a little bit, but they looked great in other spots. Is that what we're going to get out of the abs right now? Just kind of like that inconsistency with play going up and down the lines, minus the top line. Because they looked phenomenal, uh, but first, before we get to that game, we have the the you know the overtime loss to the Jets. And we also have our uh, sound check and our players of the game to get to. So we're gonna kind of do all this together and uh, talk about the the uh, the Abs and, and the Jets. Sorry, I'm looking at stats in front of me. But first, we're gonna talk about BetOnline.net, and it's your number one source for betting football. And the start of the new basketball season, which is here. Hey, now when when is that? Because I don't keep up on the basketball. So you
1: do. Did that is that get underway officially now? Yeah, the Knicks got drubbed by the Grizzlies already. Basketball season is back. It, it, yes,
0: we are. If the Knicks got uh, throttled, then yes, the NBA season is back. Uh, find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always, bet online remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up to the minute scores on every sport available. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including the baseball playoffs. MMA, boxing, and of course, golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is betonline.net. And that is where the game starts. Bing done. All right. Um, so the Avalanche, uh, th- this game just started kind of brutal for the Avs. Uh, Winnipeg, first period, was just in complete control of this thing. And you saw glimpses of what the avalanche, obviously what we know that they can do uh, towards the end of the first period. And you're like, okay, uh, you're down two to nothing after one. It's just maybe you're, you're, you're getting like your, just your legs, I guess. And obviously we're still early in the season, but it was all Winnipeg. And then uh, you come out in the second and you have the shift of a lifetime Mm-hmm. That ends with Miko Rantanen scoring a goal, but then it went right back to Winnipeg. That didn't seem to phase Winnipeg at all, and, and they—it was Cole Perfetti got got a goal a few minutes. Uh, let's see, time frame was seven minutes later after the Miko Rantanen one. Uh, but the Avs battled back again, another incredible shift, which again ended with a Miko Rantanen goal. Great pass from Bo Byram. And then you get uh, Valnachuskin with a power play goal to tie it up. Um, And then it goes into overtime. 30 seconds into overtime. It's Neil Pionk with his second goal of the game. And uh, that wrapped it up. So uh, a lot of bad in this game, but also a good amount of good because you did turn the tide. You did come back. Uh, and things started leveling out, I felt. It was all Winnipeg early. Mm-hmm. And then once the Avs just kind of settled down, things leveled out for them. And you have to give Winnipeg some credit
1: here, too. The one shining moment. Um, Ooh, are we going to saying that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? No. Um, in that first period, the Avalanche were winning the faceoffs. Was, they had 75%. Really? I mean, at the was... end of that first period. It was yeah. a time and place. It was one of those... We were in the the Lockdown Avalanche Twitter space and I said, everybody Mm -hmm. screenshot this and save it for the rest of your life. You'll never see this again. (laughs) But honestly, coming out of the gate that first period, it felt like the Avalanche did not game plan correctly for what Winnipeg was going to bring. Watching the Avalanche out there, it felt like they were a shift behind everything Mm -hmm. that Winnipeg was doing. It was just the weirdest, like, it felt like that Calgary start. Mm -hmm. They didn't they didn't really anticipate what Winnipeg was going to be because we mentioned in yesterday's episode Like what do you really talk about with with Winnipeg? So they were kind of lost and trying to find their feet and that whole first period was just a feel it out Kind of deal and I felt like bednar understood what they needed to do So they went into that second period made the proper adjustments and you could easily tell was like a light switch went off And they adjusted they fixed Everything they needed to do, they tied it up, and it's still the lines, the combination of the lines. Yeah. I don't feel like past, honestly, just past the top line. Like, line two wasn't even doing it. Once you get past that top line, the depth isn't enough to hold them back. Well, well, here's what your lines looked like. You had, uh, obviously, uh, Lekkanen...
0: McKinnon and Ranton on the top line. Your second line was Nechuskin, JT Confer, and Martin Kaup. Did not see that one coming. <clears throat> uh, your third line was Cogliano, Newhook, and Rodriguez. Like and that your, line. <clears throat> um, they were better. Yeah, they were. I, I agree. Rodriguez still. Um, we'll get to him in a second. But and then your fourth line was. Uh, I still I still have trouble with this guy's name. Bleed Bleed. I think it's yeah. Bleed. Uh Jason Magna and Logan O'Connor. I thought Logan O'Connor had a horrid game. Yep. Terrible game. Uh just throwing throwing passes to nobody. Uh turning the puck over like <clears throat> he that first goal that Winnipeg got was on a power play which again, you know, it was only well they were one for two Winnipeg was. But when when you know your power play is struggling And Peter McNabb said it on on the broadcast, and he and he said it simply and perfectly just you need to simplify everything. Mm -hmm. And and Logan O'Connor had the puck. He was out of the zone, he was in the neutral zone. And instead of just dumping it into the the other zone and just doing your regular, if you gotta make a change, make a change. He tried like because it it seemed like the avalanche could potentially have a breakaway, or not even a breakaway, just just maybe maybe something to build on to 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 get ahead of steam and and have a maybe an, an offensive shorthanded opportunity but it, it ended like that yep it, it it you saw it and then it closed okay get rid of it but he kept he kept with the play turned it over and as soon as that happened I'm like you just got the feeling because his power play is struggling so much that Winnipeg is going to score and they did so that first one was on him because it was a, a bad power play or a bad turnover on a power play. But I don't know. I just didn't like how he played. I mean, he battles, and, and he's not just going to give up. But I don't know what it was with him tonight. Maybe just because he's playing on a new line with two brand new guys for him. Well, Magna's not brand new for him. He's played played with Magna a bunch of times. Um, but as far as, like, believe, like, that's – I don't know. It, it, there, there's some getting-to-know-you phase there, but – you still got to You're making poor decisions is yep. kind of what I'm saying about Logan O'Connor. <clears throat> um, go ahead. And then we'll talk about the third line.
1: You, you nailed something right there. And that's the difference in period one and period two, the simplify things. I like, if you watch that first period, they were trying so hard. They played so deep and they would get beat on those, um, odd man rush is coming back the other way. They were trying to get pretty and get complicated and make something beautiful happen. And I feel like Bednar realized that. And then in the second period, all of those goals were just tic-tac passes, just set pieces, just a pass across the slot, across the crease, just beautifully set up plays. They simplified it and just got back to basics. And that's what turned the tide in the second period was just, hey, we're playing way over their heads and over our heads in some situations. And it's coming back and biting us. Well, you got that that
0: shift into in the early second. That was just, yeah. it was like they were on a power play, and and Winnipeg was dog tired and just chasing. And and a lot of times, what happens because it's you know tough to score in hockey. Um, you know, a lot of times when you have those shifts where it just looks so good, sometimes you don't score in those. Okay, but you kind of use that as momentum to go forward. And, and, you know, for the Avalanche, they did score on it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, holy God, like to have <laughs> yeah. that kind of shift and score on it, it that, that's like uh, double just lifting everybody in the arena up and your team up. And then you did it again. It was yeah. almost uh, the same thing where you just had a, a shift of just complete dominance that ended in a goal. So like that really kind of turned everything around and the abs really just got back to what they do and and then you 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 make Winni- Winnipeg play on their heels because you've scored a couple goals they're not if, if you're not scoring at all and you got a goalie you know and in their end that's standing on his head, Winnipeg might start taking some liberties and be like, hey this is our game, they're gonna they're... but when you scored, you you force Winnipeg to play a different game and and that's the, the abs just got back into the flow it was a good back and forth game in the beginning yeah everybody wants to jump on the avalanche for how they were playing i i was seeing great defense by winnipeg i'm sorry yeah. like i got to give them i give them more credit for for really having a good game plan against the avalanche than than the avalanche is playing poorly they were playing poorly because winnipeg was forcing them to play poorly they weren't it wasn't yep. self-inflicted so um but you get you know you you Tie the game up. You go into overtime. You're at home. I thought this was just one that they were going to pull out, and uh, it it didn't happen. So it's so bittersweet because it's like it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination for the Aves. And I hate using that comment, like, well, at least you got one. But I think it applies here. <laughs> yeah, I think it really does. Like the Avalanche had no business in the beginning being in this game but this is, this is a championship team. Like they're not going to lie down. They didn't lie down last year. They're not going to lie down this year. They will fight until the end. And that's exactly what they did to get a point. So it's where they're at.
1: Yeah. And it's honestly, you got to put everything in perspective. Like this is a good test to learn from at a really good part of the season. Like you, you got a really good test against Calgary, a really good test against Minnesota. And this Winnipeg test, this is something you can focus on and adjust and go into this upcoming back-to-back and hopefully learn something from that.
0: Mm.
1: Now, I said we're going to talk about that the
0: third line, and I will. I thought they, they played well. Um, again, it was Cogliano, Newhook, and Rodriguez. Newhook just looked – he looked a little bit more comfortable. And yeah. I don't know if he's just trying to press himself too hard when he's on that second line. And we talked about this to kind of force himself to do well. Yep. Um, and instead of putting him on a, a third line where not that, you know, so much is expected of you, you're still expected to perform on that line. But maybe that's just where his wheelhouse is right now. It doesn't seem like the avalanche are going to leave him there. I, I You know, you're going to get this. You're going to get mm-hmm. this moving around of of forwards until they find like the, the formula that works. Um, and and maybe it's just dropping him down for a game or two, but I think he's going to come right back up. I don't think Jared Ben is going to make a comment of saying like, we're going to give him an opportunity right up until the trade deadline. And then the fourth game of the season, drop him to the third line and keep him there until that, like it's not going to happen. They're moving things around. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked better. Um, I thought, I thought Cogliano he's Cogliano. You're always going to get a workhorse effort out of him. And I thought Rodriguez like looked better, but he he'll he's kind of out on an island every once in a while, and he yeah. does his own thing, and and when when he if he's bringing the the puck into the offensive zone, and it's one it's him on three defenders, he doesn't do that where he'll turn around and, and wait for he'll just throw the puck on net. And it's like, I get you're if you're going to do that, if you time it right when your, your forwards who are coming on the ice are there to maybe collect a rebound. But he, he hasn't done that. He had a really bad angle on another shot coming up the right hand side and still took the shot that there was no way that you were going to make that shot. But the, the shot that he took was just so high and wide, instead of just throwing it on his body and maybe getting, I don't know, his. his I watch him play, and I and I'm just a little bit confused by how he plays. But um, and and having said that, I felt like today was maybe one of his better games. But still, and Adrian Dater put this up that you know Alex Newhook does not have a point yet, and neither does Evan Rodriguez. So you're four games into the season, neither one of those guys have a point.
1: That's not really what you want from them. Don't worry about Newhook; it's coming. And when it when he breaks. And gets some points. It's not mm. going to stop. Mm. Erod, what you're talking about? You answered your question in your question. He came <laughs> from a he came from a bad team, and he's picked up well, bad habits. Half- I don't know. Pittsburgh's oh, not, a good he, team. He's he's they're, picked from his like his stints in Buffalo. I've seen okay. this. I've 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 watched some bad yeah. hockey, and I see how teams gain the offense on bad teams, and mm. how he gains the offense. He still hasn't gained that trust with the rest of the team yet because this is like he hasn't really been with the full team for like four games. Right. That's how you gain the zone. You take that shot and everybody just kind of crashes because you don't know who's on your team on teams of that caliber. And you just hope somebody can make that play because you're not going to be the fool who loses the puck. So you just do the safe thing. And over time, Erod's going to get better in the same way that Newhook is. Once he starts losing some of those bad habits and the just like your safe option and your first resort, he's mm. going to lose that once he gains confidence and you're waiting on new hook to gain confidence. So I would like to see that third line stick together for a little while, maybe until they go overseas for that global game. Mm. But I think, um, new hook can learn from both Erod and Cogliano on how to break through and stay there. And
0: I think Rodriguez will be fine i yep. do like it, it, we forget like he was signed so late <laughs> he really has not had a lot of time with these guys and i'm not making excuses for him he's a professional hockey player um but you know there there is you know this is a brand new system remember when josh manson came over when he yeah. was traded? it took him a little while to figure out how this team plays defense and he was not comfortable playing with the avalanche until really maybe the Western Conference finals where he said, like, I'm yeah. starting to get – he actually – I don't know the exact quote, but it was like, I'm starting to understand how they do things here. Um, and and so the same would go for for Rodriguez. I think he'll be fine. Um, but right now I just feel like while well, we're saying how Alex Newhook is trying, was trying to do maybe a little bit too much being on – it's like maybe Rodriguez is trying to do the same thing because, yeah, when you go into an offensive zone and you're just going to go – it's not even one on three where he's trying to like, you know, break through those guys. He's just coming up on on the, on the side of the boards, and if he's got a, a lane, he just fires it on net, and that's not—it's not, not going to do anything. All you've done is just given the given the puck over. So um, he'll—I think he'll improve. He'll—he'll, he'll, but you have here's the other thing, like we we're saying, like moving all these lines around and moving all these forwards around—that's not going to benefit him either. So no. it's such a tough spot that the Avalanche are in right now because you are moving all these guys around, and I get why you're doing that because you're trying to find the right uh, combination. But the 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 lines that we're doing that on are with our new players. If we had this entire team from last year, I'd be fine because we all know, like, if you're moving Burakovsky up and down, he'd be fine. If you had to move, you know, Rantanen up and down to the second line, he'd be fine. But you're moving the guys that we just got in, and so it's so like, hey, we just had a couple games together, and now we're just gonna blow that up. It's only tough. if we yeah. if we had a preseason where we could figure things out. Mm. How about Man. that? <laughs> Didn't we talk about that? I feel like we did. Mm. <laughs> okay. And that's the other thing about Landeskog being out is you know you lose someone like Kadri. We talked about your comfortability mm-hmm. when you lose a big guy. Okay, fine. Like, yeah, that sucks. But we have Nazem Kadri there, and we'll be okay. All that stuff is gone. So the Avs really got to play. Like, the, you're you're gonna have like these growing pains with this team right now. They'll win games because you have so much talent and so much skill on the top part of the the roster. But on the bottom part, there's gonna be all this
1: mixing and matching, and you just hope they can get through it. Unscathed. Without- Without Nas and Landy, this team is the same talent of the nineteen twenty roster that we had that lost to Dallas. They mm-hmm. have to step it up and figure it out. This isn't the same caliber that won the cup, and they have to figure that out. Yeah, and I think they will. And
0: like you, what you saw last night, like that was a good job. You, you came yep. back, you came back, and and you tied it. And that's why I say, like I hate using the phrase, but that's why I say with, with everything going on with the team right now. Uh, to get a point, I think could be a confidence booster for them. Yep. They're not going to say that out loud because they lost the game, but uh, deep down they're like, okay, like maybe this was a, a good like growing pains game that we just went through and we'll see what happens against Seattle. So, all right, we have a sound check to get to and then our players of the game um, our, our LOA sound check volume two. Go over to Spotify and follow the playlist. Kyle and I pick one song after every game win or lose, uh, which we feel best describes the action on the ice. And then we add them to the playlist. So go over there and uh, follow it. And these two will be up there. I think as soon as we finish recording this, I'll put them up there. So when you're listening to this in the morning, they will be there for your listening pleasure.
1: So what do you got following the loss? This is a geeky band. Um, I think you picked up on yesterday's episode we are both geeks so this Uh is it's kind of in the wheelhouse um they might be giants oh my god love them yes if day for winnipeg (laughs) (laughs) yeah i didn't you didn't tell me what it was going to be you you left that to surprise that's perfect that is perfect Uh, once it hits the playlist listen to it you'll understand
0: yeah yeah that's a good one uh, for me, I'm I'm going uh, with a song from Stone Sour and everything that we just talked about, about the game and how fluky it was, how up and down the, the mishmash of lines, um, how the Avs just started out just bad. <laughs> There's no other word for it. Uh, and then came back and tied it, everything, all of that. Uh, your head was spinning. So I went with Stone Sour's Influence of a Drowsy God because you just felt drunk watching that game. Yeah. <laughs> it was just yeah. all over the place. So uh, those are our two tracks for uh, Winnipeg and Avs. As far as players of the game,
1: who's your uh, number three and number two? I'm going to start with my number two because he's a name we know. It's Nachushkin at number two. Okay. That train keeps rolling all night long. Yeah, well, we'll we'll throw him out there and then we'll talk about it, players. Go ahead. Number three, Pionk. Yeah. Like, you watch Winnipeg Jets games and you're just scouting. Oh, I'd like him on the avalanche. I'd like him on the avalanche. (laughs) They're never a problem. They're never in your way. But you're always like, oh, I'd like Pionk is one of those. He's just incredible. Yeah, I, I was said in
0: uh, our preview episode yesterday that mm-hmm. I like his defense. I, I, yeah. I think they're a very sound defense, and you saw it in the first. They do a really good job of pinching down and taking away time and space and getting shooting late. Like, they're just a sound defense. Uh, you know, how many shots on goal? Did they, have? they had a good amount. They like had 33. That, that's, the Avalanche are going to do that. They're going to make yep. any defense look maybe a little bit pedestrian, but... Um, he and he's he's you know one of the better ones on that defense because he can do that he can score yep. too so two goals for him uh he's definitely my third um player of the game like for the same reasons um man like i put bo byram in the other guy and i and i feel like i kind of have to do that again i could put Nachuskin in there he had another goal and another assist and if Pionk didn't do what he did, I probably would have Nachuskin and then Byram. But I, Bo Byram is just he's yep. playing fantastic hockey. What was his uh, time on 2344? And if uh, Devon Taves, who got injured in this game, um, but did come back. So mm-hmm. that we have to watch because it's always the day after. When you get a good night's sleep, um, things start to tighten up. Whatever was wrong with him, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, But, you know, Bo Byram's getting minutes because he deserves them. He had an assist on the day. Um, Two shots on goal, four hits. He's just – he's everything. He's he's coming into his own. He's everything that he's been cracked up to be. So he would be my second. And um, I think once again we're agreeing on number one here with easily Miko, with Miko Rantinen. Uh great game by Miko. <laughs> great game. Like he and it wasn't just the again. I, I don't like picking these guys just based on like the stats. Um, but you know, when you have two goals and assist, you know, that's a good game. But he was he 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 was everywhere, he was noticeable. He he had how many shots on goal did he have?
1: If I'm not mistaken that brings three. Miko up to 9 points in 4 games. Um, I believe you're right on that. I can look it up quick, but that's three been great. goals, three goals, six assists, giving him 9 points on this early campaign. He's been fantastic. Like, you can't ask for more out of a player. All of them.
0: All the has the, the, been incredible. Yeah. Um McKinnon's been incredible and and Ranton he's been fantastic. What's is are you right with the 9 points? Oh, they didn't update it yet. But no so yeah, 9 cuz he had 6 after 3. So, um yeah, I think that's an easy one for for a, even in in a losing effort, um you got to put him up there cuz he looked he looked great. And you like seeing that stuff. Like, you know, like like last year remember when uh like McKinnon was just slow yeah. to to get going just and you're not getting that like it's so nice to see your your stars like really just start the season off on the right foot you have to get everybody else to kind of like come up to that level <laughs> we're getting there you, you get 12 guys to come up to a Nathan McKinnon level and you won't lose a game yeah so <laughs> trademark that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right so the ABS are off on Thursday and then uh, Seattle right yep yeah So uh, we'll see a couple familiar faces like we always do when the Kraken and the abs meet up. Uh, That'll be it for today, everybody fire away in the comment section. I know there's probably gonna be some angry people in there and that's okay, Uh, but you got a point. Okay. Oh, well. Uh, All right. We will uh, be back tomorrow. We'll kind of talk about the Kraken and uh, anything else that happens out of the avalanche camp. After uh, the loss to Winnipeg, until tomorrow, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom. Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. This is the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Go Abs. Go.